Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I'm excited to bring this word to y'all tonight, church family. Um, God's really been uh, kind of really, really been speaking um, this message to me for the uh, last couple weeks, but I'm ready to this, uh, share what God has been sharing with me, and I know it's going to be great, but we're going to be uh, picking up in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5. Um, I'll give, a little, give you a little context as y'all turn there. So if you don't know the story of Paul, I'll give you it real quickly. Um, so before uh, he was Paul, he was Saul, right? And Saul was a religious uh, Pharisee. Uh, he was actually uh, a, a so religious to the point where he justified murdering uh, the early church and Christians because he thought that he was doing the will of God um, by causing harm uh, to those who uh, loved Jesus in the early church. And so he was so twisted in his thinking. Um, and so it's, he was known as Saul of Tarsus, and he was a Pharisee. He was very well-educated, and he was uh, persecuting the early church. But uh, it was on the road of the that Jesus got a hold of him and uh, had a moment with Jesus and, and Saul realized and he, uh, his religious eyes were open. He was able to see that Jesus was the one true God, that he was the son of God. And, and so he, he dedicated his life to Jesus and, and Saul became Paul. Can I just say this? If God can turn Saul into Paul, God can turn whatever your mess you think you have. God can turn whatever problems you think you have into a testimony real quickly. So don't think if, if God can turn a murderous Pharisee into a miracle-working prophet and apostle of God, God can turn whatever we think we are into his perfect testimony. And so he becomes Paul. He goes to all these churches. He became uh, the first missionary, and he started 14 uh, churches. Uh, he wrote, uh, or he started 13 churches, and he wrote 14 books in the New Testament. And so Paul, he's this awesome man of God, and uh, one of the churches he starts is the Church of Corinth. Everybody say Corinth. Because the church of, of in, in Corinth um, were really interesting people in uh, Corinth. Corinth was a city that was uh, uh, maybe that how we can relate to it. Imagine um, uh, Las Vegas back in the day, okay? That was kind of like the city of Corinth. It wasn't the most uh, holy and godly and righteous city, but Paul started a church there, and they began to have revival, and they began to dedicate their lives to Jesus. And so Paul starts this church, and he started it in 50 AD, and where we pick up is five years later. He's writing the second letter that he did to the church of Corinth. And the problem that he is addressing in this scripture is that the uh, church of Corinth has begun to give themselves to these so-called super apostles. Uh, they began to fall to the words of these men um, who began to say that they were uh, better than Paul, who began to say that they were perfect, and began to say that they were a better uh, preacher and leader than Paul. And so word gets back to Paul about all this drama, and Paul's like, what's, what's going on right now? You know, I started this church, and, and so he's responding to the Corinth. Uh, uh, Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians, and he begins by saying his accolades and his, his testimonies and how God has used him, but then he does something interesting in verse 5, and that's where we're going to pick up, but can you all stand to y'all's feet tonight? We're going to, in honor of God's word, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 5, and it reads this, all this context, it leads to this in verse 5. So Paul began talking about this vision that God gave him and, and all these things that God has done through him. And he says this in verse 5, he says, That experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. 
He said, instead, I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I, want, I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear my message. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Everybody say thorn. He says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. He said, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, my grace. Everybody say grace. He said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and the hardships and the persecution and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Everybody say strong. So where I am weak, then I am strong. Come on, that deserves a hand clap of praise for the promise we have in Christ. See, the title for tonight, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger. Come on, say it like you got some faith. Say, I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger. <laughs> but that being said, y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Let's pray over the service tonight. Father, we thank you for your will taking place, God. We thank you, Father, for this us opening up the atmosphere to be uh, really, God, let in your spirit to take over this service, God. We thank you, Father, that we're not here for any other reason but to serve you and to love you and to give you glory and praise, Jesus. So, Father, have your way in this service. We thank you for the lost being found tonight, God, the broken being mended, Father, for the hurt being healed, God, that people who might have walked in feeling depressed or feeling weight on their shoulders or feeling stressed or feeling anxious, God, let them be filled with faith. Let them be filled with peace tonight, God. Let them understand that they have a God that is so powerful, that is so ready, God, to help them through every struggle. So, Father, have your way tonight. God, we love you so much. We're here just to serve and love your name. We love you, Jesus. And everybody says, amen. Amen. Come on, give Jesus one more hand clap of praise. So the Corinthian church, they have become enamored by the super apostles like we're talking about. Now, these super apostles were basically taking on the stance of the Pharisees, the, the, really the heart of how the Pharisees act, which was, I'm better than everybody because I'm so holy that makes me perfect. And, um, and the Corinthian church was falling uh, for that lie and for that deceit. And not only were these super apostles began to talk boastfully and prideful, um, they began to down talk Paul. You see, because Paul, from the outside looking in, Paul wasn't anybody or anything to boast about. Scripture actually says that Paul wasn't the best at speaking, that Paul went through a lot of struggles, that Paul went through a lot of persecution, and, and in the eyes of those super apostles, that if you were to be holy, you, if you were to be righteous, that meant that you were to be perfect, to not have weaknesses in your life, to not have anything that uh, might be called uh, lacking or might be called less, that if you are truly holy, these super apostles would preach, that if you were holy, that means for you to be uh, perfect and not have any weaknesses and for you to have the perfect credit score, for you to have a big house and for you to have all these things. Like, for, if you were to be holy, it means for you to not to have any kind of lack or weaknesses. And so, but that conflicted with how Paul uh, held himself because Paul, he, when he came in and preached, when he came in and, and spoke and ministered, he came with a humble heart. 
When he would come to the Corinthian church, Scripture says that he would actually, after he got done preaching, he, he would go and he was a tent maker and he, he would go and, he, and be of service around and that's how he would fund his missions and that's how he would be able to uh, fund his mission trips around uh, all the early church and it says that he wasn't the best at speech and that he went through a lot and, and so they have all these, if you're getting the picture, they have all these super apostles are pointing their finger at Paul and saying, we're better than you because you are weak. You don't have the same kind of uh, political appeal that we do or same kind of society appeal that we do. We, uh, we have a, maybe the super apostles are saying we have a bigger house than you do, Paul, so that makes us holier. Or, or we have a, have a bigger bank account than you, Paul, so that makes us more righteous. And so they begin to point their finger and they begin to boast about how they were closer to God and, and, and had more revelations than Paul. And now if I'm Paul, I would have gone and I would have just begin to set everybody straight, right? If I'm Paul, would have gone to that church, like, don't you know who I am? Like, I started this church. Like, you wouldn't be here without me. Like, I started these things. And, but instead, instead of Paul beginning to talk about all the things that God did through him and all the church he started, instead of him talking about his strengths, he did something really appalling. Instead of him talking about his strengths, he said, you know what? You're right. He said, I do have weaknesses. He says, I do have things that have happened against me. And I do have what he then began to talk about is the thorn in his side. Instead of talking about his accomplishments and accolades, instead of him talking about all the churches he started and all the line of, of followers and disciples that Paul had, he, he instead talked about his weaknesses. And he said, I have this thorn in my side. Now, if you read scripture or if you go and try to figure out there's many different uh, discussions there's many different debates on what was the thorn in Paul's side um, some people say that the thorn was some kind of physical illness that some say he had uh, epilepsy some say that he had a speech impediment some some say they have all these different things some say that it was a, a mental illness or some say it was a, a uh, something that was wrong with his character. There's all these different uh, debates and discussions. Uh, there is one I read said that the thorn in his side was actually people <laughs> in the church. I said, oh, you know, that could be it. But there's all these different debates. But I believe that Paul left that kind of definition blank. I believe there's why he wasn't specific about what was bothering him. I believe there is a reason why he wasn't specific about what he was struggling with because what he was trying to say is this. He wasn't saying, look, I did all these things. God used me through all these things because I was so strong, because I was so talented. I did all these things because I was so perfect. He said, no. He said, in spite of my weaknesses. He said, you know what, super apostles, you can brag about your strengths. You can brag about how good you think you are. And you might even be right that you might even be from the outside looking in from a human perspective. You might be better than me. Because it is true, I do have weaknesses in my life. He said, but in spite of my weaknesses, and even after praying to God, God has showed me that even in my weakness, there is a strength that only God can supply. That even in ways, even in areas where you're saying, why am I lacking, God? Why do I not have this? Why, God, why does uh, these financial things don't look how I thought it should? Or why does these relational things not, not look how I think it looks? And why am I lacking in this area? And you can let that hold you down. You can let that be a sense of a crutch of saying, God, before I can follow you, I need to fix this. Have you ever said that? 
I've said it a couple th- times in my life. I'm like, God, I see where you want me to take. I see what you want me to do. Before I follow you, I need to fix some things, right? Like, I got a couple thorns in my side. Like, I got some things I need to fix. But see, what Paul was saying, I believe, in that moment, he said, see, yes, you could say and boast about your strengths, but instead I'm going to say, look, I got weaknesses in my life. And why I'm saying as a way of boastfulness, what Paul was saying, he said, in spite of my weaknesses, in spite of my where I lack, in spite of what I thought could use as a crutch and say I can't be used by God until I fix this. Instead, I say, God, if I can't get rid of it, I'm still going to just let you work through it. God, if, I, if this, this problem isn't disappearing, God, then I guess i got to have faith right now. Then I guess i got to follow you in spite of that. And so Paul began to say, it's in spite of these weaknesses is reason why God has been able to use me. It's not because of my strength. It's not because of my talent. It's not because I'm the perfect apostle. No, and, and really what it is, is, as Paul was saying, is I allow God to use my weaknesses. And he began to talk about that thorn and his side, and see, a lot of times what we can do is, is say if there's something wrong in our life, we, we can get confused about where it comes from. But Scripture actually says, Paul says that the thorn was a messenger from Satan. He didn't say it was a messenger from God. There's been times where people are like, I had a flat tire, and that was a sign from God. God's tempting me. Like, no, no, okay. That, don't, don't get confused. There is things. Because can I tell you this? If you're a child of God and you have it set on your heart to spread the message of Jesus, then the enemy has a problem with you. The enemy doesn't want you to have a good day. Can I just tell you that much? The enemy doesn't want you to have a heart of conviction to go out and talk to people about Jesus. He doesn't want you to have that. So there will be things where the enemy is going to try to slow you down. Where the enemy is going to try to confuse you. Where the enemy is going to try to give you a reason, try to give you a thorn, try to give you a problem to say, before I can talk to this person about a testimony, I need to fix myself. And well, see, what we got to realize is Paul had thorns too. Paul had problems too. Paul had some struggles in his life too, but he didn't let that stop him from God using him in his life. He didn't let that stop him from him starting 14 churches in, in, in the first century. He didn't let that stop him. But there's so many times in my life I said, God, how, how can we have that faith? How can we have that, have that acceptance of saying, God, even if I struggle, even if I lack God, I still want you to use me. Because here's the thing, if we wait to be perfect before we step into God's purpose, we're, we're going to be waiting our whole life. There's always going to be something that's saying you need to stop or saying that we're not able or saying we're not strong enough. But if we say, God, in the lack of my perfection, I'm still going to pursue your purpose. I'm still going to pursue your promises. Amen, right? That's when God can use us in spite of all that. But what Paul did and what I noticed and what Paul did with the thorns in his side is that he didn't try to hide his thorns. He didn't try to act like it wasn't there. He didn't try to act like the super apostles, right? The super apostles were saying, we got no thorns, okay? We're perfect. We have no problems. But you all know, if you're a human, you got problems, right? Like, there's no way around it. But they're trying to act like they didn't have thorns. They're trying to act like they didn't have struggles, like they didn't have problems. But Paul flipped the script. He said, no, look, I do have thorns. I'm not trying to hide them. Matter of fact, I'm not trying to hide him from God. He, he, he prayed to God about his thorns. He prayed to God about his struggles and about what was holding him back. He prayed to God about it. And I believe that's how we get through our struggles and how we get through those seasons is we don't try to hide those seasons. We don't try to hide those struggles. We bring them to God. We bring them to God. First thought for tonight is this, is don't let thorns turn into thicket. 
Don't let thorns turn into thicket. And the thought is this. Don't let what was a small thorn turn into a huge bush and problem in your life just because you're, you're refusing to acknowledge that it's a problem. You're, you're refusing to pray about it. You're, you, you don't want to even acknowledge it, that it could be a struggle and an issue in your life. And can I say this? That's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. The enemy wants you to be like, oh, I'm perfect, okay? I don't need to pray about that. Like, oh, I, I, I don't have problems. If they got problems. I don't. You know, I'll pray for them. You know, I won't pray for it. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. So that way, what starts as this a small maybe seed or maybe starts as a thought turns into a stronghold into our mind. Why? Because we act, try to act like it's not even there. We try to act like that it doesn't exist. You know, we all know those people who don't even see their own problems. Yeah, don't look anywhere, okay? Don't look at anybody right now. We all know those people who are like, do they even, do you have an ounce of self-awareness over there? Like, do they, do you even know, can they see it? But see, that's, the, see, that's what the enemy, that's what pride does to us. It tries to make us unaware of the problems we have. Pride tries to make us unaware of the thorns in our side. Pride tries to make us where we try to even ignore the situations that we need to pray about. And because of that, what starts as is something small like a thorn turns into a thicket. And now it's taking over our lives. Why? Because we refuse to even acknowledge it. We refuse to even pray about it. But that's what Paul did. He, he prayed about the thorns that was in his side. And what Again, Paul was setting an example. He was saying, I'm, I'm not trying to act like those thorns aren't there. Because here's, here's the reality, here's the truth, and here's the awesome part. Even with those thorns in our side, God still loves us. Even with those thorns in our side, God can still use us. Even with those things that we're struggling with, God says, no, I still love you. No, I'm not ashamed of you. No, this, this come back to me because I'm telling you, God, what God's looking at us and said, don't let those thorns stop you. Don't let those things, those struggles keep you away from prayer, keep you away from the house of God, keep you away from getting the answers that you need. And Paul was saying, yes, I got thorns, but that doesn't mean that God can't use me. And he prayed about it. And what Paul did, because instead of him trying to maybe outrun or outmaneuver or try to figure out his problems on his own and his struggles on his own before he pursued after God. And he said, he said, you know what? I'm just going to go anyways. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm getting stronger anyways. Step by step, day by day, I'm getting stronger with God. I'm getting stronger with him. I'm getting stronger in my purpose. I'm not going to let these struggles, I'm not going to let this anxiety or whatever the fear may be stop me because, see, the enemy wants us to stay in one place and and stay in the, in the same thought and stay in the same struggle and not be moving with God. Have you ever seen a puddle? Ever tried to drink a puddle? No, right? It's like really nasty. It's stagnant. You see all the bacteria. You see all the things swimming in there. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Is that a fish? Like all these things swimming in. Right? You don't want to drink from that puddle. But when you ever look at a rushing river that's moving, it's clear. Almost looks good enough to drink. I wouldn't suggest it. Okay, I'm not a scientist, a biologist, whatever you want to say. But that's what, God, that's what we have to be in the spirit. We need to be moving with God. We can't be stagnant like a puddle because we're so focused on a problem. We can't be stagnant spiritually because we're so focused on this thorn that we have in our side. And, and we're letting that discourage us. We're letting that hold us down. And before we know it, we're a bacteria-filled puddle. 
But instead, we need to be moving with God and say, God, yes, I see this. And God, I need you with that. But I'm going to keep on moving with you. I'm not going to let this stop me or slow me down. I'm not going to let this thorn stop me from giving you thanks, stop me from giving you praise, stop me from, from doing the things that you have called me to do. Instead, I'm going to look at this thorn. I believe this is what Paul said was, was how he made the decision because he said three times he was praying about it. And so finally he said, you know what? I'm just going to go. I'm just going to move on anyways. Instead, he said, you know what? I'm going to look at this thorn, whatever it was. Paul didn't say it. He's going to look at this thorn. And I believe he said that anxiety, what it may be, you know what? I'm going to get stronger anyways from it. That whatever I'm going through, I'm going to get stronger through. I'm going to follow God through it because I'm not going to let this thorn hold me Back. So that's why we have to tell these storms, maybe this anxiety, say, look, I'm going to get stronger through this. I'm going to get better through this. I'm not going to let this slow me down or hold me back. Instead, I'm going to follow after God no matter the thorn in my side. Amen. And then in verse 9, Paul said one of the most powerful verses, because I believe he was battling with God, right? He was praying, and he said three times he prayed, and he still didn't get that problem. Was it removed from him? Or, but it's in verse 9. He said, each time, God said, my grace is all you need. He said, my power works best. Everybody say best. He said, my power works best in weakness. Best in weakness. Now, God didn't say he doesn't, he can't use your strengths, but he works best in weakness. I believe because in our strength, sometimes we can get prideful. I believe in our strength, sometimes we can get a little bit saying, God, don't worry, I got this, right? Like, I'm good at this, God. But it's in our weakness parts. It's in our weakness in that, that we have in our lives. It's in a place where we don't have it all together. That's the place we say, God, I don't know how. I don't know why, but I'm going to say, God, I'm going to trust you anyways. I don't know what's going on. I'm not strong in this area. I'm not qualified for this job. I don't have experience to be a parent or whatever you want to say that you feel weakened, but you can say, God, I'll, I'm going to need you to fill the gap. God, I'm going to need you to make a way. God, I'm going to need you to, to bring me to this uh, and bring me out of this situation because I feel weak in this moment. But I'm going to trust that in my weakness, God, that is where I am strong. Because I, I believe this because if you do things that's constantly in your strengths, if you do things constantly in the things that you feel good about and strong about, you'll get the other side. And you might just look in the mirror and say, good job. Right? You might get to the other side and be like, man. I did it, right? But when you are weak in an area, when you are struggling in an area, and you know there is no way you can get through this by yourself, and so you get on your knees and begin to pray, so you begin to say, God, I need you in this moment, and God gets you on the other side, you don't look in the mirror and say, good job. You look up and say, God, without you, without your hand in my life, without your presence, without your promises and power, I wouldn't be here right now. And so God says, I work best through that weakness. I, I work best through that, through that testimony where people can say, it wasn't Caleb who did all that. It was God. It wasn't them who did all that. It was God because I know, I know Caleb, and he's not good at that. <laughs> right? So it's got to be God. That's where God works best is through the places where we think are weak. See, thought number two for tonight is God works best through what man calls weak. God works best through what man calls weak. 
Because when God moves through the weak things, it says, Scripture says, it, it, he, God works through the weak to confound the wise. He, he works through the weak to, to confound the mighty. Why? Because that is where God gets all the glory. That is where God gets all the praise and the recognition. Because when it comes down to it, when it boils down to it, we are all here for one reason, one reason only. To bring glory to the name of Jesus. That's why we're here. So that's our collective purpose is to bring glory to God. And so the one way how God can really use that is by God working through our weaknesses. By God working through the places where we never thought God could work through us. God, by God doing things through us in, in places and spaces where we thought we were lacking, where we thought we didn't have enough. God works through that, and that's where miracles take place. Because that's when God gets all the glory. Because on the other side of it, we can't say it was by our intellect. We can't say it was, in, it was by our talent. All we can do is look up and say it was by God that we get here. So to God be the glory. To God be the praise. And to God be the thankfulness. So it doesn't matter because these Corinthian super apostles, they were looking at Paul, and they saw he didn't have much money. They saw he wasn't the best speaker. They saw that he was persecuted in the streets. He was uh, multiple times in prison. They said, this doesn't look like a strong man. This, from the outside looking in, my life is way better than Paul's life. From the outside looking in, uh, this, this Paul guy, he, he's, he's weak in the eyes of men. But that's the man that God used. That's the man that God broke the chains from so he was able to get out of that jail. That's the man who was able to take him to Rome by a ship that even though it shipped wrecked, he still got him to his uh, destination. Why? Because through the weak, through the weakness, through what people call weak, God uses that to get all the glory. Because if you have Jesus on the inside of you, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what we lack. It doesn't matter what kind of problems we had before. I know we all know our lives before Jesus, and this is what is amazing testimony about Jesus. There are things that you might have struggled with. There are things that you might have been weak with before God, but after God, now what you didn't have because you're a new creation, now you are strong in those convictions. Now you are strong in those ways. Am I the only one with a testimony that says before Jesus, I cannot be saying I didn't have all these things together, but after Jesus... I was weak in some areas, but God made me strong. I, before Jesus, I was weak with this, but God made me strong. Why? Because that's all we need is Jesus. When it comes down to it, that's all we need is Jesus. It doesn't matter the issue. It doesn't matter the lack. It doesn't matter the weakness. If we have Jesus, we have enough. If we have Jesus, we have all we can have, all that we need. If we have Jesus, then we have enough. If we have Jesus, we have all the strength and the power and, and the authority we could ever need. When we have Jesus, we are enough. So if anybody's in this house tonight and, and you're struggling maybe with an anxiety or fear, struggling with thinking, I'm too weak to, to get this promotion or I'm not qualified to, for this job or I don't have the experience to be a parent or I don't have this or I don't have that. Can I say this? If you have Jesus, you have everything. If you have Jesus, you have the greatest mentor, coach. If you have Jesus, you have the greatest teacher. If you have Jesus, you have all that you need for the purpose he's called you to. You have all that you need for the promises he's called you to. If you have Jesus, you have everything that you need. And you can say, I might not have this, but I have Jesus. I might not be perfect, but I have Jesus. I might not be the best as that, but I have Jesus. And that's what Paul was saying to those super apostles. He said, you're bragging about your strengths, but can I brag on Jesus? Yeah. 
You're bragging about where you're good at, but can I brag about Jesus for a little bit? You're bragging about how powerful and how, how much money and how all these, you're bragging about those things of the world. Can I brag about Jesus? He said, I'm weak. I got thorns in my side. I got problems I prayed about, but in spite of all that, I still have Jesus. In spite of all that, God uses me. In spite of all that, God loves me still and has used him to do all those things. And the following verse in verse 10, he followed up verse 9 with saying this. He took it a step further, in my opinion. He said, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. That's when I'm like, Paul, hold up. Okay, Paul, I get it. I think they're about to throw up verse 10 up there. But he said, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. If I'm reading, I'm like, okay, Paul, I get it that God can use you, but why would you take pleasure in where you're weak? Why would you take pleasure in the things that you're lacking? He said, I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak then I am strong. Everybody say strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, you get to understand that story when you know Paul's story. Because Paul was Saul. Paul was a murderer. Paul was somebody who was so messed up. Paul had pride. He didn't even know. He, he thought he was doing the right thing by persecuting the church. He thought he was doing the right thing by following after these religious traditions. See, Paul was Saul. He has a past. He has a story. Not only that, but even when he became Apostle Paul, he still had problems. He went through persecution. He went through beatings. He went through jail time and prison. and He went through all these things, but he said, I've seen through every hardship and battle. I've been through all these things. And, can, and he says, and at the end, what I've realized is that these things that have been struggles, these things that have been weaknesses, these things that have been holding me down on the other side, I'm stronger because of it. On the other side, I, I'm, I, I feel stronger in God because of it. Because if we can get through this struggle, if we can get through this weakness, if we get through something that the enemy's trying to tell you a lie about, that you're not able, that you're not capable, but you trust God anyways, and you get on the other side and you realize that that was a lie, then by the time the next lie comes your way, you're like, look, I'm not going to listen to that. See, I'm stronger. Maybe you could have convinced me of that lie, you know, five years ago, five months ago, but now that I'm on the other side of this struggle... Now that I'm on the other side of this, I feel stronger because of it. And now I won't fall for the same insecurities. I won't fall for the same lies. I won't fall for all those things anymore because now God has made me stronger. And now I have been on the other side. And Paul was saying, I've been through a lot of things, and I've been through all these persecutions. I, I've been through all these battles and troubles. This little lie from this fake super apostles is nothing because I'm strong. Because of those weaknesses, because of those struggles, God has made me strong. Point three for tonight is this, is that God gives strength for every struggle. God gives strength for every struggle. I believe that there is, when you give your life to Jesus, when you say yes to him and you follow after him, there will be times, it doesn't matter how much you try to avoid it, if you live on earth, there will be struggles. If, if you live on earth, there are things and problems, but I believe this is that when you have Jesus with you, you have strength for every struggle. That when you have Jesus with you, you have grace for every struggle. That when you have Jesus with you before, you might have to try to fight that battle alone. Before Jesus, you might have to try to figure it out on our own, but now with Jesus through every struggle, we have the answer. 
Through everything that we're going through, we have an answer. Through anything, that any season, we have the strength to get to it. And Paul says, I, I've looked back on my life. I look back on the things happening, and I've seen now I take pleasure in my weaknesses, in the hardships, in the battles, and in the fights, because I know this, where I am weak, where the world calls me lacking, where the world says I'm not able, where the world says that I'm not capable, that is where God gets all the glory. And that's where I'm strong in the end. Because the more of God and the less of me, the stronger me, right? The more of God in this situation, the less of me in that situation, the better the situation is. And so in places where people say we're not able, we need to get excited because that means God is more than capable. And that means if we just follow after God, he's going to show us the strength for that season, the strength for that struggle. And the other side, we can all say, I'm getting stronger. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm getting stronger. Because on the other side of that struggle, you say, I'm getting stronger. I know you're calling me weak. I know these super apostles were calling Paul that he wasn't able and that he needed to retire or whatever. But he says, no, look, I'm getting stronger. I've looked back and looked at every season, every battle, and everything I've been through. And now I can see that I have gotten stronger because of those struggles. I've gotten str stronger through every season because God has provided the strength for me. God has provided the peace for me. God has provided every season God has provided. And I believe that's how we go from strength to strength and glory to glory. It's not that we go from perfect to perfect and from easy to easy. How we go from strength to strength is it doesn't matter the season. It doesn't matter the issue. It doesn't matter what we're going through. How we go from strength to strength is we trust God no matter what. Because we might be in a season that feels weak. We might be in a season that feels lacking. But if we trust God, we're in a strong season. We might be in a season of confusion, a season of a crazy economy, gas prices going up. And we might be in a season like this, but we can say, I'm getting stronger in this season. I'm getting stronger right now. Why? Because I got the strength of God inside of me. And where I lack, where I'm weak, I am strong. Can you stand to your feet? I'm closing tonight. The goal for tonight, the, the intentionality for tonight, the, the focus for tonight is to not let the struggle or the weakness or the thorns that the enemy tries to convince is, is too much. That the enemy tries to convince us that it's, it's too big for God. It's, it's too big for God to handle. It's, it's, it's too big for us to overcome. The weaknesses that hold us down, the struggles that are in the back of our minds, the struggles that we think is too big for us to give them to God. I think the first step for us to go from strength to strength is to give God our struggles, to give God our weakness. Paul gave his thorns to God. He prayed about him. He thought about it. He didn't try to run from them. He didn't try to ignore them. He didn't try to act like he was perfect. Instead, he said, God, I got these weaknesses. I have these thorns. I have these problems and struggles and issues. And, and to be quite honest with you, God, Paul was like, I don't understand. I don't know why it's, it's still here. I don't know why I'm still struggling. And as he was praying about his weaknesses, he, he, he realized that he doesn't have to be perfect. He doesn't have to have everything figured out. He doesn't have to have this uh, perfect recollection of everything in this life for be used by God. But instead he realized, where I am weak, he is strong. Instead he realized that God works best in our weaknesses. Instead, he realized that maybe this struggle, 
maybe this thing I'm dealing with, maybe this is something that I shouldn't just wait until it's removed before I fall out to God. What if God wants to use this, use this thorn? What if God wants to bring a testimony? What if God wants to bring a strength? What if God wants to bring a peace and a grace that only comes from being through something? You can only really gain a peace once you've been through a battle. You can only really gain a testimony once you've been through a test. It's only through and from weakness and struggle and times and seasons in our life do we say, God, I know now that even when I feel weak, I can trust your strength on the inside of me. Even when I feel like I don't have it all figured out, I can still follow by faith. Why? Because I don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be this uh, perfect, holy, righteous saint to be used by God. Yes, we will pursue. We will pursue that. We will pursue after him. But I'm not going to let these thorns hold me down no longer. So with every head bowed and now I close, I just want to pray tonight. And for us to pray to God to release us from these insecurities, to release us from these thoughts that we're not good enough, that we're not able, that we're not capable, that we don't have the experience or the know-how. But instead, Father, let us come to a realization that where we are weak, we you are strong. Where we lack, you make up the difference. Where we don't think we have enough, if we have you, we have more than enough. So, Father, right now, we thank you for the gift of faith coming into this place. We welcome in your Holy Spirit into this place, God, and God, begin to stir up on the inside of us. Under every person, under the sound of my voice, Father, we remove those insecurities, God, those fears, God, those those, God, weaknesses that we think that, that we are struggling with, that we think we can't be used by God with. But instead, Father, let us trust you despite our weaknesses. Let us trust you despite our struggles, despite the battles, despite what we're going through. God, we're going to trust you anyways. And we're going to trust you with these thorns. We're going to trust you with these, God, problems and struggles. And we say, Father, have your way in my life. Father, I'm going to follow after you no matter what. And Jesus, I give my life to you. Jesus, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. As long as I'm holding your hand with it, I'm going to get through it, God. So, Father, just have your way, God, in this house, God. God, I speak right now, Father, God, that this any lie from the enemy that we may be struggling with, God, we remove it right now in the name of Jesus. Lies that we're not good enough, lies that, not, that we're not able, Father, remove that right now. Instead, replace it with identity from you. Replace it that we are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, God. That we are the apple of your eye. We are sons and daughters of God. We are royal priesthood, God. That we are somebody who has the spirit of the living God on the inside of us and it doesn't matter what man calls weak it doesn't matter what man calls lack it doesn't matter what man calls is unable if we have the spirit of god on the inside of us we are more than capable we are more than able we have the peace we have the power and we have the authority in the name of jesus in the name of jesus so father we thank you right now father that we give you the praise in spite of our problems, that we're going to give you the thankfulness in spite of what we might be struggling with. But Father, we want to give you everything tonight. We don't want to leave this place still holding on to thorns. We don't want to leave this house still holding on to insecurities. We don't want to leave this house still holding on to these weaknesses and struggles that's holding us back from stepping into the strength of God. But instead, Father, we give it all to you. We give it all to you, Jesus. 
But right now, let us just sing a song to Jesus. Let's just worship him together. And if that is you, if that is something you need, just begin to worship him. Just give to give him praise. It begins to give him all the honor. Begin to just call out on the name of Jesus. And the faith and the strength and the peace that you're looking for is about to drop upon us. Come on, let's sing together. And let's just begin to give God praise. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.